Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum jami'an ayyuhal muslimi'in wal muslimi'at. Beloved listeners of Radio Islam International, a warm welcome to each and every one of you to Hayatun Tayyibah with myself, Ma'alima Shakira Hanja. As always, it's a great pleasure to be in your company. To inshallah work together ta'ala to build, to develop, and most importantly, to create a lifetime of work and of meaning. Alhamdulillah. I hope you've all had a beautiful break with your families. And you know, Alhamdulillah, we were quite fortunate. My sec my eldest brother, the two the two brothers, the younger one got married first, and now the older one got married, Alhamdulillah. And uh, it was so lovely, such a beautiful nikah, so lovely to be back in Durban. Um the emotion as well, you know, subhanAllah, being around, all the memories, being in the masjid that my father attended for almost 30 years of his life, subhanAllah. And it, it just, you know, it just gives you goosebumps, brings the emotions. But it was such a lovely time of bonding, of family, a time to spend with each other in an environment that just made you realize the value that we have to attach to our family members, subhanAllah, and to also creating those moments and creating the sabr that it takes to make those moments, subhanAllah. So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, it was a beautiful time, a busy whirlwind of a holiday. And now we are back, alhamdulillah, you know, in, in the intention that bi'idhnillahi ta'ala we are on the move and getting ready we don't have much time Ramadan is around the corner as mu'mineen as muslimin we did we take our rest to rest is quite important but at the same time we have to understand that our focus is akhirah our focus is development our focus is at every given moment how do i connect to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how do i connect to my ibadah and most importantly how do i live a life of meaning now alhamdulillah for this year i've got a lovely lovely lineup we've got our mondays which are full of productivity our tuesdays we look at our houses and how to fill our houses with nur with, with itminan with tranquility with sukun with sakina and on our wednesday we usually do the tadabbur fi ayatir rahmani and this year inshallah we are going to kick off the year we are looking at anxiety and depression in the light of the quran and the sunnah and subhanallah we are going to go into detail we're going to be discussing it uh you know i have been chatting to quite a few people people are struggling because we cannot seem to find meaning and it seems you know a, a heavy topic to start off the year with but subhanallah we are all in need of understanding why is it that we have everything we have the whole houses that we want we have the children that we wanted we have the cars that we want we have the job that we want and yet sometimes we feel depressed yet at times we feel anxious yet at times we feel overwhelmed and subhanallah you, you can't understand why is this happening why is it that the more that we have you know anxiety and depression seems to be more prevalent as we get more successful as we attain more of what we want and so subhanallah it is an incredible part of our journey of the Quran to understand how the Quran looks at it, how the Quran advises us, and how the Quran actually shapes our mind, shapes our understanding of this beautiful challenge that we find. And I say beautiful. You know, many people would find it when they would say that anxiety and depression is not something that you would describe with beauty. You would say it's a difficulty, it's a challenge, it's a musibah, it's an affliction. But the reason this challenge is such a beautiful one is because it's something that very 
you know, few people around you are able to understand what you are going through. And so many a times it is what takes you to Allah. It, it is what cements your relationship between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because you cannot seem to tell the people around you, to express to them, to adequately show them what is it that you are going through. It's all inside of you. And so it's such a great difficulty and such a difficult, you know, turmoil that you go through. But at the same time, such a beautiful one because the inability to express it to people makes you take that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to un- grant us the understanding over the next two or three months as we discuss this beautiful concept and try to figure out how do we learn from it? How do we develop from it? How do we actually change our, our, our understanding of it? And also, how do we get past those moments that make us drown, those sorrow that doesn't allow us to understand where it's coming from? Now, there is this, you know, a beautiful um, uh, understanding of sadness. And that sadness is that when you are in the depths of your despair, that is when Allah is with you, right? That's what we always understand it to be. And we think, and we know this as mu'mineen, as muslimin, that when we are in the depths of our despair, Allah is with us. And so that is why we start off with this reframing that the difficulties and the challenges and the anxiety and the depression that I might go through in my life, it is also the way that I am able to connect deeply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, this doesn't mean that you and I are supposed to be sad all the time. It doesn't mean that we're supposed to embrace sadness and be morose all the time. How do how do we then treat this, the you know the feelings of anxiety, depression? How do we see you know this unrest that we have? What do we how do we we go about understanding it? So there's two elements that we have to understand. First and foremost, Subhanallah, we have to understand the point of where is the sickness coming from? Is it from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? Is it coming from ourselves? Is the sickness something that is there? As a, as a, you know, as a punishment, is it there as in Siva, as an affliction? Is it a bala? Is it a trial? So we have to answer all of these questions to understand why is it that Allah Himself has created depression and anxiety? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Himself has created those sicknesses, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has even said to us, "Read this." To, to help you with depression, read that, to help you with, with, with sadness. So these are concepts and constructs that have been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so what we have to understand is that many, many people are suffering from it, thinking that it is something external, something that I have to wipe away, something that I have to take medication to take away from. I have to, so, you know, there's different understandings of it. The first understanding is, Yes, if it is extremely difficult, if you are at a point, you have to make sure that you're speaking to a medical professional. But we are looking at it from the point of view, is why is it that sadness and anxiety is permeating this ummah at the moment? What is the benefit of it? What is the harm of it? How do we control it? So these are massive questions that, inshallah, we are trying to answer over the next few months, where are those feelings coming from? And most importantly, should we, you know, should we then look at it as something external or is it something internal? So Alhamdulillah, you know, when you look at depression, and I say Alhamdulillah because it's, it's a hot topic, right? Everybody speaks about depression, everybody's speaking about anxiety, you've got every person telling you this is a solution. So what we have to now understand is, is that we are 
the surface-based solutions that we've been told for so many years haven't been working. And that is the reality. But many of us are, you know, we, ha we have life coaches, many of us go to our psychologists, we do this, we do that, we do all the things that you are told to do. And yet you still find that you are going through these deep underlying feelings of sadness, overwhelming feelings of depression and anxiety. And the question is why? Why is it that you are going through this and what is the objective of it? And subhanAllah, it brings us full circle to the understanding that the feeling of helplessness that we have, and that helplessness in our understanding of anxiety and depression is to bring us to a total understanding of Allah's help, right? And so generally speaking, when we feel sad, we feel very out of control, we feel sad, we feel like we don't have anything going for us, we have no help, we have no one in our corner. And so subhanAllah, this reshifting is to take us to this place in our life where we take what we think that we need from people and the things that are depressing us and making us sad, the helplessness that we feel in situations, and we move it over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that with that brings a mountain, a mountain of relief to the mind, to the soul, subhanAllah. And then one important thing is that when we are going through calamities, when we are going through trials, a lot of the time is that the sense is that we, are, we don't have a clear understanding of the why. Why are trials created? Why have I been created? What's the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting me and is guiding me in this direction? And so as we um, journey through this in, important discussion, we have to first understand that there are certain underlying causes that creates these feelings of depression and anxiety. And when you look at these feelings, you know, this be, so generally if you go to a psychologist or if you go to a counselor, etc., they will look at what it is that is, is creating the depression, right? They will look at the fact that you might be feeling lonely or you might be feeling unsuccessful, you might not have a job, you might not have a family, not a wife, not a, ch uh, a child or a, or a husband. But in According to the Qur'an, when we look at anxiety and depression from the Qur'an, the first major underlying factor is that, subhanAllah, when we are ignorant of why Allah has created us, right? And I've seen this, you know, this example of this so clearly when I've looked at the people of Palestine. SubhanAllah, you know, it, it's, uh, in a recent interview, a, a journalist was asked, how are you people so positive? How are you so... You know, you, you, you're supposed to be in the depths of despair. You're supposed to be so negative. People are dying around you. You have no food. You have no water. You have no electricity. Everything, your homes have been taken away from you. Beautiful, beautiful homes. A beautiful life taken away from you. And yet you seem to be at optimal mental health. You, feel, you seem to be strong. What is the reason for that? And subhanAllah, you know, in almost every video you see this answer to this. He said they understood what Allah, what we have been taught as Muslimin. We have been created for the Akhirah. We haven't been created for this world. Allahumma la aisha illa aishul Akhirah. Oh Allah, there is no life except the life of the Akhirah. And so when you and I have this understanding, that there truly is no other life besides the life of the Akhirah, is a reshift in our minds. There is a reshift in our understanding because then you focus on the true reality of the purpose of your existence and you move away from the trappings of this world 
and the little the things that seem so big. Now let me let me you know take this and break it down a little bit, right? So we as human beings, we come into this world and we magnify this world. Everything is big. My children's schooling is the biggest thing ever. My children's you know my, my marriage is the most it's the the be end and end all of everything. My journey that I'm going to be taking is the biggest. And subhanallah, we make those things so big that they become so you know problematic. We're having a wedding and we make it so big. There's you know there's problems within that wedding. This 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 that this is happening. That's what's happening. This is difficult. That person said that. This person said that. Now let's apply this principle to that example. And the principle is one. Subhanallah. What is the principle? The principle is that you made that wedding something so big that it made you forget of the true purpose of your existence. You are getting married so that somebody supports you in your deen so that you can live according to the sunnah and stay away from haram. That is what you're doing. So can you see the focus of the akhirah day is my marriage is not about how beautiful my dress is. It's not about you can, it's not that you can't do those things, but that's not what it's about. It's not about um, how much is my you know, my jewelry that I've got. It's not about the zina, about the adornment. What is my marriage truly about? And that is, Allah says, to create sakina, to create that tranquility in your home so that you are able to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a very calm, very peaceful state. So when you now as a person forgets, that's actually the reason for my marriage. And this is just an example. Then your focus becomes the actual marriage and the person and the trappings and the gifts and the house and everything else and the actual guidance of this marriage was attached me to the akhirah the actual beauty of that marriage where it's keeping me from haram i must look after my wife because i want to create a, a, a space that brings me closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so in that decision of nikah or in that moments of nikah either you forget that that nikah is connected to the akhirah or you remember and then that nikah becomes beautiful but everything that brings anxiety or depression around that wedding would be when we forget that essential the crux of it the essential nature of that marriage and that is to connect us closer to the hereafter to a life that is worthy of the hereafter and so then you see people don't do this right they get married because oh the person is beautiful they get married because well it's time to get married they get married because it's a, you know this is a beautiful catch they get married because it's time because the biological clock is ticking so for example all these other things become more important i want to do i want to travel with them that's why i'm getting married or i want to i want to get away from my parents or whatever it is or i get married because i'm supposed to so all of those reasons that is not tied to the actual reason of every single thing that we do in our life then has taken you away from your focus and what is your focus getting close to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we see that a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression comes in when so for the example i gave is a marriage example having kids is another one um studying and people don't study with the intention of it's taking you close to the akhirah you find that uh, I, I'm enjoying my studies. I'm depressed because I don't enjoy where I'm studying. I don't enjoy the thing I'm doing. My work is so, as unfulfilling. And yet all of it has to tie back to this important, important point. And that point is, is that I cannot feel helpless 
because I am looking at the world through the lenses of the Akhra. I'm not looking at it. And, and, and so beautifully, we've seen the explanation of this, where people, you know, people have been reiterating that, subhanAllah, you know, the, the people of, of Palestine, they understand, they understand that when we pass away here, we go to the Akhra, we live there, we live in Jannah, we go forward, we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they understood that it, it was an ending here. And in understanding that, they, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, they rejoiced at the fact that their family could be, could be shuhada. Obviously, there's grief, there's pain, there's sadness. But at the same time, subhanAllah, there's this true understanding that we have to be, that this is not real, and the, and hereafter is real, subhanAllah. And so, we, you will find that when it comes to anxiety, there's this war that is taking place within us within us as individuals. And subhanAllah, this war is dunya akhirah. It is this world and the hereafter. You are constantly, constantly moving to, I want to be here, I want to move there. I, I know this is not important, I know, but, but, I, but I want to make it so important. So your, your mind, your body, and your soul is constantly looking at things of this world and saying to yourself, I know I shouldn't want it, but I want it. I know I shouldn't, but I still, I still want it. I know the Akhirah is bigger, but this is here. This is right now. And so we aspire to all of these great things. We aspire to all of these things. And what we don't realize is that to have joy to whatever it is that we want in this world, whether it is through a job, whether it is through a marriage, whether it is through children, every single one of them has a cap has a ceiling, so to say. You cannot achieve that true bliss within the marriage because that is kept off in this world and if it's not attached to the Akhira. You cannot find true joy in your job if it's not attached to the Akhira. So, subhanAllah, because of that, because you're looking for joy in a job, you're looking for joy in travel, you're looking for joy in marriage, and then you find yourself like, but why am I not getting it? And it's because Allah has not created joy to be experienced if it is not or coming through the Akhirah in that particular thing. So this is a really, really deep point. A major, major, major starting point of the anxiety that we feel in our lives is because we are looking for contentment in something that Allah hasn't created contentment to be in. And so just to understand it very easily, and I think this is a very simple, simple example, when you go to your mom's freezer or you go to you go home and you know you open the freezer and there's all these uh, uh, ice cream tupperwares and you think i'm just going to go have a lovely tub, ice, a, a tub of ice cream and you open it and then there's like a char in there and or there's harim in there or there's leftover food in there and you get so disappointed because disappointed because in your mind that tub tub uh, you know that tub of ice cream that tupperware of ice cream container supposed to hold a lovely you know double velvet chocolate ice cream and yet it doesn't. And so you are led to disappointment because you went to look in that place because in your mind you saw the picture outside. That picture was so beautiful. So in your mind you thought, I am going to have the exact thing that I am looking for in that exact place. And subhanAllah, but what happened? What happened? You didn't find it there because it wasn't contained within that, right? And so this is, you know, a, a beautiful example of many of the reasons why we feel like life is such a failure. Like we build it up, you know, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to study, I'm going to get this degree, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get this job, and then, you know, I'm going to feel so good when I have this job. And then, subhanAllah, you've got the job, and you just 
it's not enough. You you got the degree, you've got all the things that you. It still doesn't feel like it's enough. You've checked all the checklists, you've ticked all the boxes. Still, it's not enough. Why is this? It is because we are looking for joy. We are looking for contentment. We are trying to find meaning. We're, we're divorcing the very thing that Allah has made to be the source of meaning. And that is the hereafter. So you can't divorce the hereafter from a moment of your life. You cannot give people money without you attaching the akhirah to that sadaqah. You cannot help people without attaching the akhirah. You can't study the Quran without attaching the akhirah. You cannot even get do the tiniest of grocery shopping without attaching the akhirah because what happens then is you are left all alone because there's no purpose. There is no beautiful purpose. So we now have to delve into this. Delve into and you you notice our Prophet وسلم, very amazingly, whenever he would make dua, you know, it would always be du'as that took you back to the Akhirah, reminded you of the Akhirah, reminded you of the, the true focus of our lives, the true reality of our lives, the true understanding. And that minimizes life's difficulties, minimizes life's challenges, minimizes the trials that we go through. And when I say minimizes, it means mean that it doesn't allow us to focus on something that's so temporary. It's so incredibly temporary. Inshallah, we are going to take a short ad break. When we get back, we are going to go on with the causes that we are discussing, the causes of, of, of anxiety and depression from the Quran. And we're looking at different kinds of ways to, 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 to build our meaning with regards to this massive, massive topic. Inshallah, you are listening to Hayat al and we will be right back after this break. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Beloved listeners, welcome back to Hayat al with myself, Talima Shakrahanja, every Monday to Friday afternoon, 2 to 3 p.m. here at Radio Islam International. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this Wednesday afternoon, when du'as are accepted between Zuhr and Asr, we ask Allah to fill the homes of every single person who is facing the challenging and the de- and the, the challenge of depression, sadness, and the overwhelming feeling that they cannot get out. Ya Allah, we ask you to bring light into their homes, bring joy into their homes. Ya Allah, we ask you to grant them peace. Ya Allah, oftentimes I speak to people, and you know, Rahiran, apparently when you look at that person, you would think that they have everything. You know, they've got the looks, they've got the you know, everything, the financial trappings, the beauty, the intelligence, all of that. And yet, subhanAllah, when I get to know them, when I listen to them, usually there's such a difficulty that they're going through. The test is so big, the stress is so much, the the feeling of being overwhelmed is so incredible, subhanAllah. So beloved sisters and beloved listeners, many a times, you know, we feel that I, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. I'm not supposed to be going through anxiety. I have everything, so why am I feeling this way? I, I must, it, you know, I, I feel bad because it's like I'm not making shukr. But when we understand the underlying causes, when we look at how Allah has created it, what this does for us is it allows us to understand where it's coming from and to focus on the lack of control that I might have in controlling my thoughts, controlling my outlook, 
are con- con- and controlling my, my, my perceptions, which is a huge one, subhanAllah, right? So before the break, we were looking at the first underlying reason that we go through so much of the depression is when we divorce our lives and our understanding of the world from the reality of the Akhirah and the reality of the world the hereafter. Now, the second underlying cause that I think is a huge, huge one is the fear of the future. Now, many of us, you know, subhanAllah, we, we tend to, because we have this fear that rides us, the fear of what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, this, if my marriage is going to work out. I, I'm so stressed out. What if my husband, you know, gets married and takes a second wife? Oh, what happens if my children meet in an accident when they leave the house? And subhanAllah, you know, you don't know what can happen. You can't control it. And so that fear, that fear of they, the future, you know, if when I pass away, what's going to happen to them? When they finish school, are they going to get jobs? What's going to happen to them? When we go for Umrah, we, go, we want to go for Umrah. What happens when we are there? SubhanAllah, this fear of the future is a the lack of control because we are constantly looking at tomorrow. Every moment of our mind is that we are focused on the future. And you, you find that, subhanAllah, every moment is, you know, next week we're going to be doing this. In this month, we're going to be traveling at this, we're going there. This is what we're going to be doing. But when we stop and we just say, Alhamdulillah for where we currently are, that is a difficult thing to be present in the now as opposed to be to worrying about the future and you find we all do this we're constantly prepping we're constantly thinking we're constantly focusing and so when we take back that control of the future and we take back that that worry that unrest that we have within us where we are constantly focusing on what might happen what might happen and you know i i received some beautiful advice from a friend of mine many many years ago where she said you know her kids should always say oh allah i just put them in your hands your hands can take care of everything mine can't i'm so small my hands are so small my ability and obviously not meaning the real hands of allah but the you know metaphorical hands of allah subhanahu the substance of allah the ability that allah has um the ability that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to control literally the, the ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to control every single aspect of our life, every minute moment of our lives, subhanAllah. And so when you when you look at it from this perspective that I can't really control the future, I have no control. And you know, you, you when you look at us as women particularly, it, it's difficult for me to say this, but it's such a reality. We as women, we try to control everything. We control the lunch boxes, we control the freezers in our houses, we control the fridges in our houses, we control the grocery shop, the grocery list, we control our children's time, their schedule, our husband's schedule, our own schedule, where we have to go, what has to happen. We're constantly micromanaging, we're constantly prepping, we're constantly preparing. And this is a good thing, alhamdulillah, that we are. We take this amana, this responsibility, and we look after it. But at the same time, what this creates within us is this constant feeling of, um, subhanAllah, this constant feeling of, I need to worry about what's going to happen. And so because of that, this brings feelings of overwhelm. You get to a point where you feel like, I, can't, I cannot anymore. It's too much. I've got so much on my plate. I have so many decisions to make. I have so much to do. I have so much to do. Go. I've got all of these little, little things that are, that are on my mind. And I feel so stressed, I'm so anxious because I don't know if my children are gonna do well at school. I don't know if they're gonna pass the exams. I, SubhanAllah, 
you know, a massive, massive re-understanding of depression, a massive re-understanding of depression and anxiety is, Ya Allah, al-mustaqbal fi yadik. The future is in your hand. The present is in your hand. Ya Allah, I have no control. And subhanAllah, when you, when you get to that point where you realize you can be the best wife and you can do everything and yet you have no control if you will be divorced or not. And then you do it and you say, Ya Allah, I do it and I leave it in your hand. You can be the best mother who does everything, who cuts every single sandwich in, in beautiful shapes and sizes and whatever else. And yet, and yet, beloved sisters and beloved listeners, you have no control if your children are going to love you or if they're not going to love you. If you, subhanAllah, make that decision and you say that I want to, you know, I'm going to be the best at my job and then somebody else gets a promotion, you get so dejected and you get so miserable because you did everything right and yet the world didn't treat you in that way. That is because the future is not in my hand, in your hand. And subhanAllah, a huge, huge, huge part of the reframing of our anxiety and our depression and our stress is about taking back that the worry of your future, put it in the hands of somebody who has the ability to worry, that Allah, that a person obviously, that Allah who can worry about you. And so you give it back to him and you say, Allahumma malik al mulk. Ya Allah, you are rightful for it, so I give it back to you. Be, and when you say al khair in your hand is all good, putting back, taking all that responsibility off your shoulders. Ya Allah, I'm putting it in your hand. I'm doing the best that I can, and I can. Obviously, we're not discussing, you know, uh, the, the 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 actual solutions right now, but we are focusing on the underlying cause. But you can see how that underlying cause can literally. SubhanAllah, makes so much of difficulty in your life. It can bring about so much of, of overwhelm when we don't stop for a moment and divorce ourselves from the future, from trying to control the future, or the worry that we have for the future, SubhanAllah. Now we come to the third one, and that is the fear of adversity and affliction. Now, many, many of us, we go through this worry of finance. And you'll find that the discussion usually you know, permeates our, our lives, permeates our homes, where we come to this point where we feel like, um, I'm so worried if I might get sick. You know, my, my health really stresses me out. My mother, you know, she always had bad health problems, and I'm so worried that I'm going to, call for, for, I'm going to also have the same problems that she has. And so what happens is people then look at tragedies, and you worry, you know, what if we meet in an accident? What if, and commonly in South Africa is, but what if people break into our houses? What if people actually, you know, subhanAllah, if, we, if we're not careful, they can come in and they can, you know, do so much of harm to us. We have to be so careful. And when you talk to people, you find that this, this kind of conversation permeates our homes, permeates our minds, subhanAllah. And so our, the reality is any person's life can be full of afflictions. It can be full of difficulties, of challenges. It does happen, right? But when you as a person, when you are so focused on it, you're so focused on the worry of the might be, the perhaps, the possibility, that that drowns you in anxiety and worries. And subhanAllah, you find that you can't sleep at night because you worry that people might break in. You are so stressed out 
because you feel like you know if, what if I, I can't tell people that i'm doing this because if i tell them they're going to put nazar on me and something bad might happen and because and subhanallah the cycle starts and what is the cycle that i start to live a life of dhat I, li- i live a life of so much of pressure and depression and so much of sadness and anxiety why because i'm afraid something might happen now i remember when we were kids we used to always joke about this right we would have a lot of friends that were non indian friends and non white friends and white friends indian friends different of different cultures and we'd always notice the difference in the parenting you know when we would go to the beach as indian parents we are so stressed out so worried you know uh, I, I, uh, you know culturally the kids shouldn't get you know don't let them go into the water they're going to get uh, uh, they they're going they're going to drown we must be careful they come is going to happen to them uh, you know just watch out and and that that feeling of that stress and we and and you, and you know the world is full of all these memes you know brown parents versus non brown parents and then on the other hand i would see my my friends who um non brown people and then they would be confidently walking a two year old running into the ocean the parents are sitting down and watching them run and it's fine them and we will always be so shocked you know how is it possible how does a parent parent like that and so that obviously it's you know, a standard joke and we laugh about it but what the, the, the underlying understanding is is that the way that we are thinking about things generally is the way that we are reacting to things so if i'm constantly thinking about how stressful and how stressed out i am about living in south africa and how high is the crime rate in south africa or in wherever you may be in the world and how difficult and how challenging subhanallah that underlying cause of the worry of something might happening the worry of of an accident might happening the worry of the children of something and obviously you take precautionary measures you put everything into place because we are mu'minin we are muslimin we understand that we don't just leave things and then say i'm putting my tawakkul on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you put your precautions into place whilst your heart is saying that ya allah this can happen irrespective of whether i am doing this or not irrespective of if whether i lock my door or i don't lock my door if allah has written that somebody is going to come in allah has written it but i lock my door as a precautionary measure and i put my tawakkul on allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but after that even so it is still by the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so a great 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 source of anxiety and depression in our lives a huge source of it is because we are constantly worried of sickness we are constantly worried about adversity we're worried about accidents we're worried about so those things why are they coming because we think that what we do has the ability to stop them or them not occurring now i think one of the greatest ones and the greatest reasons that we go through feelings of anxiety is um subhanallah the fear of death that overwhelms us The fear of death is, you know, this world is so large, and this ties to the first reason, you know, where we don't live for the akhirah, is that the world becomes so big to us. Our children going to school, our children studying, going to play group, going to university, becoming doctors, having children, getting married, have, you know, subhanallah, it becomes so big that the the death becomes a distant reality, and so the fear grows and grows and grows. I'm afraid I might die. I am afraid subhanallah that my my family might die. I I may I am afraid that the people closest to me might pass away. And the worry what happens after I pass away. I know my ibadah. I know the way my life is. And so this brings on 
huge feelings of depression so to, to and, and anxiety as well subhanallah worry this uncertainty of what's going to happen in the akhirah now beloved listeners we are you know subhanallah doing a beautiful show where we are looking at uh, the, the the challenges that we go through that bring on these feelings of depression and anxiety and overwhelm and sadness and inshallah every wednesday we'll be you know discussing it little by little and slowly but surely our intention is to get to a place in life where we are not consumed by the difficulty of the affliction. Now, I read a beautiful du'a every single morning. And I learned this du'a when I was a very little girl. And I, you know, I, I was reading it and I said to my husband, I said to him yesterday, I said, you know, I think that looking at the, the war that is going on right now, I think that that is the meaning of this du'a that I read every day. And he said, what is the du'a? اللهم إني أعوذ بك من جهد البلاء ودرك الشقاء وسوء القضاء وشماتة الأعداء. So it's a long du'a. I mean, a different concepts, but the first one is what I want to focus on. Oh Allah, I seek your protection from جهد البلاء. And what is جهد البلاء? It is the the difficulty of an affliction or the the striving, the 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 the, 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 the going through a test. And then becoming so consumed and not being able to get through that test. So this list, for example, the people of Palestine who are don't have, uh, they didn't have uh, ovens, they didn't have electricity, and Subhanallah, that is a huge bala. It's a huge, huge, huge test that they didn't have electricity so that they could make food. And we saw, you know, people saying, "Wow, they are so innovative." What an adaptable nation. They started making mud ovens and they, you know, it was documented how they made those mud ovens and they started making their bread in there themselves, working together, doing it, subhanAllah. That is Allah saving them. They went through the affliction, but Allah didn't make them consumed by that difficulty. And that is the dua that my narisa also used to make. And it's a dua that I was taught by my teacher, may Allah have mercy on him, and subhanAllah, I think now, uh, you know, when you go through difficulty, you can go through challenges and you can go through turmoil, but you don't want to be consumed by that challenge. So everybody goes through it. But when we get consumed by depression and anxiety and sadness is when we have, the, when there is the inability to not be consumed by the very thing that is our test. And subhanAllah, this brings us now to number five, the, the huge, huge reason why many of us feel so anxious and this is when we have personal ambitions and goals we have desires we know we want to achieve something we have these hopes and we're unable to if we wanted to get married and we are, we are not married this brings on all these things am i ever going to get married why is it that i kept ever gotten married will nobody ever want to marry me i've made so much of blah why hasn't allah sent somebody to marry me right then you get people who wanted to study and they haven't been able to study People who want to do, uh, get a job, they've done everything right. And so, subhanAllah, this depression and anxiety consumes them. Why? Because, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, they had these goals and we all have them. And so we get consumed. And this is normal. This is nothing wrong. It's not against our deen. But now we have to go to the Quran and the Sunnah. We have to figure out what does the Quran and the Sunnah say to us? How does it guide us in our understanding? and our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, in all of these underlying courses that we discussed, 
Does the Quran have the answers and the solutions? And subhanAllah, even before we begin to discuss and even before we go into it, I will say 100% yes, 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 yes. Allah has made it that the Quran is shifa'un lima fissudur. And this is beautiful that Allah says that the Quran is a cure for what is in the sudur, the sadr, the chest. He doesn't say it is a cure for the heart. He says what is in the chest. And generally, our feelings and our you know emotions and the challenges that we go through is actually within us. And so we've got to find the prescriptions in the Quran. We've got to find the answers in the Quran. We've got to find the way out in the Quran, subhanAllah. How is it that we, you know, we, we actually find solutions? So obviously on Wednesday, we are looking at the Quran itself and the solutions from the Quran. And our whole discussion is, you know, finding solutions for anxiety and depression and all of this, you know, the the sadness that we might find is directly from the Quran itself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Yunus, which is Surah 10, in Ayah 57, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ قَدْ جَاءَتْكُمْ مَوْعِظَةٌ مَوْعِظَةٌ مِّنْ رَبِّكُمْ وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّرُورِ Allah says, oh people, oh mankind, Allah has sent you a mu'ibah, He sent you an admonition and advice from your Lord. And, and what? Shifa, a cure for that which is in the sudur, in the heart. Now here, Allah says, a healing what is in the heart where do you find anxiety in the heart where do you find unrest in the heart but Allah is saying that if you want to cure this heart and this this anxiety and this unrest understand that this Quran has come for that this directly the Quran is to solve that now many of us are you know subhanallah we're thinking that I read the Quran and I don't have that cure why am I not getting that cure and subhanAllah, we're going to answer this question. We're going to get deep and delve into it, bi'ithnillah ta'ala. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us, you know, a very deep promise. And this is linked again to our anxiety and depression. Allah says, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajeem Wa man a'arad a'adhikri fa'inna lahu ma'ishata Anyone turns away from my reminder, his life will be dark and it will be a very narrow one, a bunker. And so what happens is, is that if we are not careful, we start to turn away from the Quran and look for solace in places other than the Quran. We're looking for solutions in places other than the Quran. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, because we are looking everywhere else, subhanAllah, we are practicing on this word. We are turning away from the remembrance of Allah. And so our life becomes dunkan, becomes absolutely narrow, absolutely depressed, absolutely stressed out. You always worried, subhanAllah. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is guiding us to understand that the remembrance of Allah, and particularly in connection to His Quran, takes you away from a narrow living to a wider living. Takes you away from a stifled way of living, an anxious way of living, to a, a, a spacious way of living, subhanAllah. So one is the darkness that consumes your mind so you can't see a way out. 
And another is the narrowness that doesn't allow you to make choices that are to your benefit. Now, I'm not going to go to all the ayahs today, next week we are going to continue on our journey in understanding how do we get to this point where we completely understand depression and anxiety and, and the solutions that are in the Quran for these massive, massive challenges that we face as a nation, as an ummah. Beloved listeners, you've been listening to Hayatun Tayyibah with myself, Malima Shakira Hunter, here at Radio Islam International. As always, it is an absolute pleasure to spend this time in your company. I hope it has been of you know, benefit to you, inshallah. Let us know, inshallah, if you are facing similar challenges. You can always message me at 83 or you can send us an email, inshallah, shakira.hunter at gmail.com. And bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, this will allow us to be able to have a conversation, to facilitate the conversation. But most importantly, I hope you are living with deep reflection, tadabbur, constantly pondering over the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and inshallah connecting with Allah in every moment of your life. Barakallahu feekum. We'll chat again tomorrow afternoon. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. Keep me in your du'as. For myself, Malima Shakira Hunter. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.